This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning! The following podcast contains adult language, adult content, weird and unusual stories that all happen to be true. We didn't start this war on safety, but we're going to fight that safety war and we're going to win it. So today on Safety Words, we're going to talk about the General Duty Clause of the Occupational Safety and Health Act. Essentially, the General Duty Clause, that is for those states that are covered by federal OSHA, there are several states, for example, California, have their own state programs, but may not have a General Duty Clause. My understanding California work, and again, I'm not a uh, attorney here, but my understanding is, is that everything has to be specific in the state of California for California to cite you under CalOSHA. Some of the other states may be that way also. However, under federal OSHA, you have the general duty clause. And essentially, it's put in place because sometimes situations occur, oftentimes, that there is not a specific standard for it. And if you go through the regulations, things that you would think have a standard do not have a standard. For example, ergonomics. There's no OSHA standard with ergonomics, but is that a workplace hazard? Yeah. And could you be cited? Maybe, depending on the circumstances. So what is the general duty clause? It's contained in Section 5 of the Occupational Safety and Health Act. It states, A. Each employer shall furnish to each of his employees employment and a place of employment which are free from recognized hazards that are causing or are likely to cause death or serious physical harm to his employees. How is this implied? There has to be four different conditions to be cited under the general duty clause. So OSHA has to prove all four of these. Number one, the employer fails to keep the workplace free of a hazard to which its employees were exposed. The hazard was recognized, the hazard was causing or was likely to cause death or serious physical harm, and there was a feasible and useful method to correct the hazard. Those are the four conditions. Now, let's uh, talk about this. Where do companies run into problems with this? First of all, OSHA doesn't come out to investigate this stuff and cite you on a general duty clause violation before an accident occurs, before an incident occurs. So this is normally done ex post facto, after the fact, number one. So that's a problem. So you have to be anticipating these things ahead of times. Often what happens is a company will put something in its health and safety standard, its health and safety plan somewhere in there that says we're gonna do X, Y, and Z and may not be in accordance with OSHA, but with an industry standard, for example, American Petroleum Institute, American Welding Society, American National Standards Institute, NFPA, any of those, and then doesn't follow it and there's a problem, now all of a sudden, hey, you identified a problem, you also planned on working around it and you meet the other uh, two parts of the standard where it was recognized, there was a feasible and useful method to correct the hazard. Now all of a sudden they got you. Right? And I don't like to say got you, but we'll it applies here. I mean, it's not an adversarial relationship with OSHA. You should never be in an adversarial relationship because nobody really wins those. Now, 
How effective is the uh, general duty clause? The general duty clause, according to one source, accounted uh, for about 1.5% of OSHA's 61,000 citations in fiscal year 2018. And it's essentially very difficult to prevent safety issues, to prevent safety and accidents with the general duty clause. We're seeing that right now with the COVID-19, where the uh, administration, the previous one and the current one, was relying on the general duty clause to go after companies that were not protecting their employees from COVID. And really, they never really enforced it. It's a big issue. It's a lot of uh, uh, resources. So often what happens is the companies that I work with, if they get a general duty clause violation, they'll always contest it and then say, well, hey, we're going to contest this. And by the way, we're going to go and follow this up with a uh, lawsuit up the line to the Occupational Safety and Review Commission, which takes a couple of years. So I could, I think, safely say OSHA does not prefer making this uh, part of their uh, uh, regular thing. That's why it's such a low percentage. They'd much rather cite you on something specific or maybe negotiate some uh, situations in there. But of course, I'm not an attorney. I'm just a guy on the internet with a podcast. It's always best to consult an attorney or a qualified individual with knowledge of your situation and with the negotiation skills uh, to deal with OSHA. You could give us a call or drop us a line at jim at safetywars.com. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzin. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.